Welcome to another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. I am Brian Lovell again here with my co-host, Mr. John Jones, and we have an awesome special guest with us today, all the way from Fort Myers, Florida, Mr. Tim Hart. Yeah, so today, t- today joining us on our top producer series, we have the pleasure to have Tim Hart from Fort Myers, Florida. Um, Tim, I, my, can you give us a background? Uh, you know, from my understanding, you're a fifth generation Hart in Fort Myers. Tell us a little of your history uh, growing up there, and you know, in the, in the Fort Myers area, and, and and going back to the property your great great granddad, I believe, owned down there. Check you sure, out. Yeah. yeah. Well, Brian, John, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate you guys as always. Your leadership at Van Dyke is number one. Um, but yeah, the, we, uh, as you said, it wasn't a heart. Okay, it was last name Nelson. Uh, my great grandparents homesteaded here in Southwest Florida in the early 1900s. Uh, their last name was Nelson. Uh, they have a road named after them here, Nelson Road. So um, yeah, we've been here for a long, long time and uh, really have no plans to go anywhere else because Florida's awesome and I don't feel like going anywhere else. So yeah. there you go. You, you know how I know Tim has been in Fort Myers for a long time? Exactly the same as me. Yeah, it, it, whenever you're in town, what happens? <laughs> yeah, whenever you're in town and you stroll up someplace, <laughs> you have to ask anybody that you meet, by any chance do you know a guy named Tim Hart? He's involved in Little League. He's a pretty good mortgage guy. And the crazy thing is people are like, oh, yeah, I know Tim Hart. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and then it's normally accompanied to something like, yeah, that guy can't hit a softball out of the infield. Yeah, True. Someone, so, uh, someone was lying to you about that. I yeah, so bombs multi- back in the day. Yeah, drop bombs. So multiple times we've gone to Fort Myers to visit Tim, and we've asked that question. And like almost I've every asked single it on a baseball time. field, well away from Fort Myers, <laughs> against a team from the Fort Myers area, and the coach goes, "Yeah, man, I played high school." But I think, yeah, I know from high school. <laughs> I love That's it. Pretty awesome. Yeah. One time we went down there and we did a visit. Um, we were we were called on a builder together. The three of us went to an appointment with a with a builder that was coming into the area. We told that story to the builder that we were meeting with, and a couple of days later, he's playing golf with some random guy, and he just asks. Yep. And that <laughs> random guy knew Tim Hart. His whole for, his whole foursome did on that story. It was funny. That was that's, great. That's that awesome. was great. So listen, in all seriousness. Um, Dude, thanks again for being here. This is our top producer series. And uh, we just figured we spent a little bit of time with you and you could share some of the tips and tricks on how you went um, to growing your business to the extent that it is right now. Is that cool? Yeah, man. Honored to be here. So just give us a history when you started and what what, uh, got you into the mortgage business back, you know, when that all began. Yeah, I started in 2001. So I've been doing this for a long time. And what made me get started was I got into sales um, like probably late tw- or my I was probably twenty when I got into sales selling wine. By the way, I do uh, remember that. Yeah, a wine distributor. Shout out Southern Wine and Spirits. Um, <laughs> great job to learn sales. But uh, I got into mortgages um, mainly because I saw a, a group of friends that I had that were kind of same personality goofballs, you know, derelicts, uh, that were making a, a great living, um, being mortgage brokers. And so I saw these guys making good money. Um, just say, Hey, what do y'all do? I, I was friends with them too. And, you know, Hey, we're mortgage brokers. You should do it. You'd be good at it. And I got licensed and just jumped, 
jumped in with both feet in 2001. And uh, from there, uh, opened my own company in uh, 2004. It was a mortgage broker business called Heart Mortgage Services. Not an original name, but it was uh, meant a lot to me. And then 08 happened. John and Brian, you guys know that was we were there. Meltdown Central, <laughs> and uh, your boy Tim here could not maintain his mortgage broker <laughs> license any longer. So I had to become a net branch uh, to get FHA approved. And, you know, Van Dyke Mortgage was one of the ones I whittled it down to, and that was in 08. And I became a branch for Van Dyke uh, in 2008, and now we're in 2020, right? Going into 2021, and I've been a branch ever since. So, yeah. so when when you had your own company, let's just shift back there real quick. You 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 had quite a large team then, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. We, I had probably at that time twelve. I think twelve loan officers and two processors. Okay. Wow. And and then after those folks, after everything changed over, and then you came over to uh, to join us. Um, how did everything shift for you with that with that transition? Well, you know, because of 08, we had natural attrition like every other company did where people just kind of went back to their other jobs and bartending or, you know, <laughs> yeah. selling something else or whatever. Yeah. So um, I think Southern, when I Southern spirits and wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, man, I was one of them. I, for me, uh, just, you know, tell you, when it came to going to Van Dyke, it was either I'm going to open up my own branch or I'm calling it a day, yeah. you know, and I'm finding another career. Because that was such a horrible time. It hit us all pretty hard, yeah. 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 It really really did. Can I take you back a little bit further? You said you got into the business in 2001. What was your business model then? Has it it always been the same? Like right now, you're very Mm purchase-centric. Your business is built on networking and relationships. Um, Has it always been that way? Or in 2001, were you kind of getting your business from a different place? No, it's it, that's an awesome question because it's it's switched so many times. Because when I first started in the mortgage business, the big thing was uh, at the we called it the shop, right? Like at the mortgage broker business I worked at, uh, refinances was that's all they did was, was okay. just straight refis. And if you got a, I didn't even do a purchase for probably a year or two into that business. Wow! wow. And the office I was at, even if you got a purchase lead, they'd refer it to another company. Wow. Yeah, there was one loan officer, shout out to my boy Donnie Hodges. He'd say all the time, he's like, dude, do not refer this. You can close this purchase loan. <laughs> and like, that's how refi-oriented they were. They wouldn't even bother with it. Wow. But wait, well, wait a minute, it actually has a closing date. Yeah, yeah. I have to actually hit a target? You mean I got to yeah. hit a target? Yeah. Uh, that, that's interesting, Tim. So at, at what point did you start to morph it from... I'm only refi, I'm all refi to, hey, I got to change my business model to be something that's a little bit more sustainable. It, it happened pretty quick uh, for my, for me. It was probably within about the second year I'd realized that, hey, these internet refi leads are a lot harder to work than what I generate, you know, and then just through networking, you kind of realize like, hey, these buyers are going to the realtors. And, but back in, South, in Southwest Florida during that time, they were going to, uh, a lot of them were going to builders and builders had their own credit lines that they could uh, you know, build on just using our pre-approval. And so that ended up being my main target, uh, probably in, uh, I started my business in 04, so that was probably like 03. <clears throat> so about two years into the business, I started uh, really establishing a great relationship with 
um, a huge builder here in town and built up a massive pipeline of newly constructed homes. And that, that's kind of where that more, then it morphed into, oh, wow, let's look at, uh, you know, the realtors that are also referring buyers and how to service them. But it, it the, the service side of this business has been a journey. Um, I think it would probably be the best way to put it. You, you think you're on the right track and then all of a sudden it's like, well, wait, no, this model's now changed. I got to switch it over to. Uh, real estate oriented, which is what it is now. You know, we're we're realtor oriented now. Yeah, right. So you you've made that shift then a couple of times. Yeah, oh yeah, several. So Tim, yeah. what what advice would you give? Because like you know, what I hope people kind of take away from this top producer series is they see how just a simple ham and egger like a guy named Tim Hart can go from starting in this business to having this massive empire um, that you're trying to build right now. And I know you're laughing, but work. dude, you're killing yeah, it I, I and am. you're growing every single year. And that's what matters. At the beginning, you've got no relationships and you've got no business. How did you get there? How did you even get to, hey, I'm going to close three or four loans a month? Well, so for, I mean, I, I, I think I'm a little different than other people in the sense that I've kind of always networked and not even known it. Um, you know, I, I've really just always been kind of a guy that can talk to anybody and also enjoy talking to anybody. Um, and so I made a lot of friends, uh, acquaintances over the years. So when I got into the business, it was a lot easier to go up to people because it kind of comes natural to me to yeah. say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Like I, I had my cards on me all the time when I first started. It became a joke. Like I would just be flinging them out at bars or wherever we were at, you know, letting everyone know. <laughs> bars, it was in the singles days, right? I didn't have a wife and three kids. <clears throat> I was looking for a wife. Um, but, we, you know, I let everyone know. Because here's the thing. Here's what I know about Tim Hart today. Your follow-up game is strong. But I'm sure in the beginning it wasn't strong. Mm-hmm. What what took you from, hey, I just met you, like we were joking around, I just met you at a bar, I'm slinging around business cards, to actually starting to get referrals from some of these people? Yeah, well, so I think what, what, what people, where they mess up at when they first start is just not letting everyone know what, what they do, their sphere of influence. And I think if you start your sphere of influence and you explain to them how serious you are in this new business, you know, hey, I'm starting in this business. This is my new livelihood. And tell these people, I'm looking to meet people that want to buy a home, refinance a home, or a realtor that you know that can refer me business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, use your word, like your trust for these people, like, I'll take care of them. You know, and get these introductions made. And, and then it becomes, it's kind of on you, you know, to be able to do the follow-up with them to make sure you stay in front of their face. Because I think that's something over the years that we've really... Um, honed in on is you, you got to come to every day as no one knows what I do for a living, you know, and that's, that's kind of the way that's, we attack. That's well off. said. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I think the biggest mistake we, we make, and I know when I originated um, you as well, Brian, Tim, you and I have talked about it. Um, we don't remind people what we do from week uh-huh. to week. You know, we go, we take for granted that somebody that we see Every week, maybe on a baseball field or a soccer field, stand yep. next to them, chit chat. Somebody at church. And, yep. They 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 don't even they've long <coughs> forgotten that you're in the mortgage business mm-hmm. and or real estate business, and that we're here to serve them. Yeah. And 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 Tim, you do you do a great job. Uh, you know, not being afraid to share that directly with somebody, but also via social media. 
I mean, that's been a huge catalyst for your business, at least in the last few years. Yeah. And, and, you know, you you see I see a lot with uh, people that are starting in the mortgage business or realtors in general. And it's we think that your one Facebook post and the text you sent out is going to permanently (laughs) be implanted in these people's (laughs) brains. You know that they're going to remember you, and it does. We're all yeah. so busy, and our attention yeah. is spread out everywhere. You know, with especially with social media and the internet, that you know we forget. You know, like hey, we like to think, oh yeah, Tim Hart's on the top of their mind. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> not even close. Yep. Yep. And so, what you hope is that you stay in front of these people with social media, with texting, phone calls, emails, newsletters, etc., and that. When they run into that referral opportunity of, well, maybe it's time to buy a home or refinance, or they talk to someone that's in that market, that they they're remember thinking you. of you. Now they remember yep. you. All right, so that's Tim, I'm going to take you back to a fun time, because um, I remember 2008, just like everybody else. We In my house, we call it the Great Depression. Do you know why? <laughs> why? We were, depressed we were depressed every single day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, man, so. we, dude, I had a we, I had a newborn, and my wife and I made it work on like I think it was like nine hundred dollars a month or something. It was stupid. it wow. was Tim. We weren't far ahead of you up here. I mean, it, it yeah. was nuts back yeah. then. So people don't believe people don't believe yeah. me when they say I paid to go to work every day for like two years straight. Yeah, Correct. yeah. I lost yeah. money. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. When you were running, when you had, so uh, 2008 comes around, things kind of crumble, and and you uh, join the Van Dyke uh, family, mm-hmm. um, and essentially you started over. Well, yeah. I, I think the business, the business bit, yeah. basically disappeared. I mean, I know in Southwest Florida where Tim Tim's at. Yeah. I mean, the new construction virtually dried up and disappeared. Yeah. Oh, I, so I, I'm sorry, I misunderstood that. Yeah, you are correct. Correct because of the business. Model. Yeah, we had to kind of you had to shift gears a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm assuming, like, when you first started over, was it just you, or did you have a staff too? Yeah. I, at that time, I had a processor, and then probably four four or five LOs with me. So. Okay. When you okay so. Um, so your business now, what does it look like? What's your team look like now? Um, well, we brought on uh, two new loan officers, uh, Sean Carter and Kimberly Lang. And then we have, um, let's see, there's Karen, who we consider, uh, she's uh, the brains behind the ops side, um, uh, transaction supervisor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, Jonathan, who's a transaction coordinator, Kelly Sweeney, who helps with uh, lead generation and follow-up. And then Donna Plumley, same thing, uh, two loan officer assistants. <clears throat> um, and then I have Ashley in my office who um, does so everything, much a little stuff. bit of everything. Oh my yeah. God. Just yeah, so like everything. with marketing, uh, you know, she's a receptionist, marketing, <clears throat> borderline office manager as well. Um, my assistant keeps me in line. So that's my team. Yeah. So just just to uh, go into, I mean, year to date here, we're we're just through November, and you've closed two hundred and sixty five units for about sixty five million in production, and that's just you. Um, I know that uh, it, up until recently, it was just you and your team, as we just mm-hmm. spoke about, and uh, Kimberly, Kimberly and Sean are new as LOs. And what made you decide to shift gears and, and bring on salespeople again? Just yeah, well, a good question because I've avoided it forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just I found that, uh, you know, no offense, but they were just they were kind of draining to me. Um, you know, it, it would kind of pull my attention away while I 
I felt like I should be marketing, you know, or selling instead of <clears throat> training or helping an LO. And but as time went on and, and you know, leadership and mentoring from you and Brian, I've realized that my branch and my team needs a couple loan officers. You know, we we need that extra volume, that extra those people that I can go and say, hey, here are these, you know, buy, this buyer just came in. They got to be called right away. I'm on this call. Take it over. Or the people that we can, I can leverage the loan officers to build up relationships with maybe agents that I just, you know, you get spread so thin. You you, you got to, you know, you got to find this help. And I think that's what, and they're doing a great job at it too. Yes, they are. Yeah. yeah. So Tim, what, what would you say? And I, and I know I'm not sure how you went about starting to hire and, and build your team around you, but hindsight being 2020, what have you kind of learned was what's the first step? Like I'm, I'm doing X amount of business as a single loan originator now. If I'm going to get to the next level, I need help. What was that help? Um, well, when I, so like I doubled my business one time when I hired someone and double means I went from four loans to eight loans a month. And that person at the time, she was a, um, you basically call it a processor, but she's licensed and slash a loan officer assistant. And I think if I was going, if I, if I was by myself right now doing four loans or something like that, my first hire would be a loan officer assistant. Uh, it would be someone that can take the application for me if I need to, someone that can follow up on all the leads I can, you know, that we need to do or or that can update agents on, hey, we've called this person a third time, we haven't heard back from, you know, something like that that I can leverage uh, in, with sales and marketing. I would still probably lean on that before I'd go hire uh, a processor or, or something like that. Yeah, which is simple, essentially is kind of how you do business now, right? And and so I, I guess what I mean by that, if you want to share us a little bit, because I, I, I might get it wrong, but one of the things I love about like the role that I'm in is I get to see a lot of different branch managers and loan officers build their business a lot of different ways. And I say that to say there's not necessarily a right way or a wrong way, mm-hmm. right? It's the way that works for you. Yeah. And so I know right now you're very passionate about building relationships and marketing your business you're not always the first person to talk to the borrower. Is that how you kind of do it? Yeah. And uh, full disclaimer, you know, because of this year and the amount of volume we've had in COVID, you know, I've been kind of, I've lost my way a little bit on the relationship building. Um, I think, I think a lot of people have, it's just been so hard with the volume and the, the, uh, everyone's different, you know, with their situation. So that one, we're going to get back to here quickly uh, mm-hmm. with the relationship building. But you are correct. Every team is different, you know, in their structures. And sometimes I'm not the first person that talks to these buyers. And I become okay with it. You know, like um, some people aren't. You know, some people think they got to be the voice. They got to be the uh, take the application and, and do the whole nine yards. And I'm not that guy. I, I, we won't be able to do the volume we can do if I got to talk to everybody and do the apps. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So yeah, correct. Um, we're set up to. There's times where it depends on the referral partner too. Like I may take the call right away. Um, you know, my team between you know Jonathan, Karen, all of them. You know, they know if the person needs an app taken now, and I'm, you know, in the middle of a meeting or something, they'll take it. They'll they'll run with it. You know, and and what we found out is that our referral partners they're happy with that. They just want their buyer taken care of in a timely fashion. 
Yeah. And at the end of the day, you're still having a conversation with probably every borrower. You just may not be first to the table. Yeah. So like when we do, um, like when they go under contract, right? So it's time to lock the rate and discuss terms. Uh, same with the refinance. I'm that guy. Like I'm having that conversation with those people. I'm laying out uh, what's going to have the expectations and what's going to happen next, et cetera. So we have that. Con- I have that conversation with the buyers. Okay. Hey, Tim, I, I want to circle back a little bit. I, and when I first had the opportunity to meet you, I know you had, let's say, three consecutive years. Now, well, you know, a long time in the business, but doing volume of around 20 million. And then you made a shift going into 2019 before COVID to really ramp up volume. You went 20 million, 20 million, and 20 million. And then in 19, your goal was to, to really increase it. And, and you did, you hit 37 million uh, for 2019. What was the change or the one thing that you can attribute that to? I mean, um, what was the mindset? What, what made you decide that you, were, you, know, you, were, you weren't gonna stay at 20, but you wanted to really right. ramp it up? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I had something happen in mid-18 that really just, it blew my mind. Um, I, I don't get into details, it's kind of a long story, but basically I blew it uh, mm-hmm. with the referral partner. And it really, it opened my eyes to where I thought all my social media stuff and, uh, you know, me just showing up was going to be enough to continue to grow my business. And when this event kind of happened in my life, I realized like, hey man, you ain't doing, you ain't doing what you should be doing. You know, you're not doing the full, what Tim Hart's capable of, you know, and I hated to talk to myself in third person, but (laughs) like, you know, to to be able to do the best job you possibly can. I wasn't doing it. I was relying on social media and thinking that that was going to be the end all be all. And so I think, John, like to answer your question, when that happened, where I, I got, you know, the cold water to the face, I realized that my customer service wasn't where it should be. And, you know, we had always done our weekly pipeline updates uh, with the realtors. And I think that moment when that happened, I, I realized that I had to switch my, turn my mindset way more to a service oriented mindset. How can I serve our referral partners? How can I make sure that everyone knows what I do for a living? And then it was also getting the team to buy into that as well, which they all did because my team they, is unreal. And they're, they're amazing. Yeah. yeah, they really are. And so I think that was that was probably the moment. It happened in 18, but you don't see the result. I mean, you all know in this business, you don't see the results for right away. six months, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, if I can answer, ask something along the same lines, and I didn't realize this, John, thanks for sharing, but you said three consecutive years right around 20 million. Did, which, which, by the way, is a in our industry is a, a that's great a, LO. That's an amazing right? LO, yeah. You're 20, making a 20 great million living. A year is great production. Um, so three straight years at 20 million, outside of this event, what made you decide, I want to do or I can do more? Because, I mean, now John just shared with us you've done $65 million this year. That's two years later. That's insane. I I think, and I think you guys know this about me, I'm competitive. Um, (laughs) And, like, it's no secret that I want to be number one at Van Dyke. You know, like, I don't don't hide that from anybody. And it's not, I don't want anyone else to fail. 
right? Like I'm not sure. looking for that. I, I just sure. want, I want to be I want to be number one because it means I uh, I'm accomplishing something, right? Like I'm giving the best I can, and I just don't want to be like we have a limited amount of time to make money, mm-hmm. you know, and. and you know, I, I look at that, and, and I think that's what's happened is I just – I'm a competitive guy. I realize, like, hey, man, I'm floundering around – not floundering, but, you know – Missing, missing uh, opportunity, top, right? Missing yeah, opportunity. Yeah, top, I mean, top 10, and I'm not, I'm not doing what I'm capable of doing. You know, that, that's, that's basically, Brian, what happened. I think it was just I'm not performing how I should be for my wife, my kids, wow. my team, you know, that sort of thing. Well, good for you, man. And and, and one of Thanks. the things is, as, as you've built out the team, what you've done is you put systems in place that have helped with the follow-up on all the leads that you get. Because you guys get a massive amount of leads every month. Yeah. And and I know I know when you went from 19 and we were going into 2020, you didn't want to do 37 anymore. You actually put $60 million on your business plan mm-hmm. for 2020. And then whispered in my ear, can I change it to 56? <laughs> and I told you no. <laughs> uh, yeah. You weren't sure about uh, January and February. But one of the things that you were intentional about is, and I know Donna played a big role in that, and I'm sure others, but was the weekly follow-up that you do once you get a referral from a realtor or any source and how important, I mean, I think your conversion rate drastically or dramatically improved you know, over the last couple of years. And that's, that, that's a huge opportunity. And I, you know, for every loan officer, yeah. you know, if you're getting 50 referrals a month and you go from closing one out of four to one out of three, boom. I mean, you, you've drastically same, the increased your business. The same amount of business. referrals get yeah. you more business Correct. by improving the conversion. And yeah. I mean, Tim, you're at one out of three, which in our industry, that's outstanding. That's outstanding, yeah. Um, cool. Any, any, you know, talk about how that's helped, that flow. Well, yeah, that's one thing we, you know, we, we look at like, I really feel like our job as loan officers and my entire team begins with marketing to the point where we get that lead. And you're the free, the title of your show, Contact the Contracts. You know, like when you get that lead contact, our job is to get them to a contract, to an approval, to, you know, something of that nature. And if we don't have these systems in place using top of mind, the lead follow up system, uh, inputting, getting everyone's phone number and email address and the referral partner and, and putting it into our tracker and then knowing that we need to constantly follow up with that person and let their agent know, hey, we, this is our fifth phone call and fourth text, you know, so like. What do you what do you want us to do? We want to keep moving forward or what are we doing? Keep moving forward. Okay. So we just keep calling. And that's where Kelly's been doing that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and the other part where you mentioned Donna, every loan anniversary and every birthday, every single day. Wow. You know, they're getting work in the database, yep. Yep. Wow. Not 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 and not uh, you know, also counting all the database emails and you know, content we throw out to uh, our database sphere yeah. of influence. Brokers. We can go into the social media here in just a second, but talk about like what what are you doing on Tuesday every week? Ah, nice got- setup. Yeah, uh, we have something called Tuesdays with Tim, which by the way is now That's- also called Tuesdays with Sean and Tuesdays with Kimberly. <laughs> John, just <see> it. <laughs> it does not as catchy as Tim because like, it doesn't rhyme. But um, Tuesdays with Tim is something. It, it's it, the, the concept. We just named it something like that, but. Uh, basically, we call every every loan we have under contract or that's a refinance, we call every single Tuesday with an update. We call the buyer's agent with the update, and we call the listing agent with the update. And 
I, you know, if you made me grab one thing we do and, and that's the only thing I can do for the rest of my life in the mortgage business, it's that. Yeah, wow. and, and it's, you it, are. It's been that successful for us. Brian's favorite word in our business is consistency, yep. and you don't miss a Tuesday, and, and we nope. all know that. And yep. I think you probably have many funny stories on week two, three, and four yep. when you're calling back, even even if you don't have an update. You know, yep. they, they think the the agents think that you're. I don't say lying, but like they, they just don't believe you when you first say, "Hey, I call every Tuesday." Ha ha. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then by the third or fourth Tuesday, they're like, "Holy cow, buddy!" That's awesome. We'll do it for you too. I, I think one of my favorite stories about Tuesdays with Tim. I think it was one of, one of these. Maybe it have been something else. But you told the story where you, you had a particularly large amount of calls to make that day, <laughs> and you had somebody in your team sit next to you with a timer to make sure that you were getting through the calls. Like in other words, they were not going to let you out of your office. Yeah, until you had completed the calls. Donna yeah. was keeping him on point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a rough day. Donna yeah. had to stay with me. It, and look, that's my personality. My personality is, you know, I'm not as listening to all these little things we do. You may not guess it, but like, I'm not a planner. You know, like I, I, that's not my. I'm not a, a, a systems guy, and it's rough for me to live in that systems world, which is why my team is so great because they're not me. You know, yeah. like they can they can keep me in line with and, that. And the cool thing is they that you are um, you tell them that. I mean you want them to keep you directed mm-hmm. and focused and that I think that's an yeah. awesome thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you should talk to Kelly. I was like, dude, I am your kid. You <laughs> tell me what to do. <laughs> Kelly <laughs> Kelly and I were chatting a little bit last night. <laughs> <laughs> you have you you have a reverse mortgage lead to follow up on this morning. <laughs> yeah, Thanks. Tim. Tim, what would you say? Is there anything that John and I haven't asked you that you would say has been important to the growth of your business? I, I think we need to talk a little bit in fairness on social media, and and I mean this guy's got to be. He's okay. Of, he's 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 one of the best. All right, this, this is your I mean, opportunity is, to tag all of your social all, media. Yeah, stuff. Tell, <laughs> tell, tell us a little yeah, bit. I mean, right. I mean, when, when you hear a little bit about what he does, in addition to just doing mortgages, it's remarkable. So, I mean, just share some of the stuff you've done over the years and what you've got going on. Sure. Um, well, so if you listen to a podcast, I have one too. Um, so feel free to subscribe to the Heartbeat Show. <laughs> Uh, podcast, but we uh, I, I um, try to do uh, every two weeks. We try to do uh, a show. It's where I'll have a you know a local like we have one coming out Thursday. It's a local author. She did a book. I know her as well. Um, it's called Spiritual Recipe. So we do different things like that, locally based, mm-hmm. or things that maybe interest me, like Skunk Ape. You know, them on Skunk Ape. <laughs> but uh, so we do that. We do a video. Uh, we do a ton of video tips with Tim. Uh, you know, newsletter updates or. Uh, we do another thing called the Heartbeat for Realtors, where we'll try to do a weekly uh, show for them, giving them value about, hey, look out for this or that, or maybe bring on a real estate coach or you know anything like that. Um, had a uh, we got a, I got a fishing show called Rates and Reels. All this is on YouTube That's and awesome. Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I, and I've, I've I've slacked this year. I've only done one, uh, but we got probably fi- I think fifteen episodes. That we've done, of rates and, and that's a great time. We we get a, a local guest. We go fishing. It's guided. It's a great show. Um, yeah, and so we're on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, all that stuff. 
how much has that helped, do you think, your business truly, I mean, and grow? I mean, we talk about it all the time yeah. and just where you post stuff and, you, you know, you and I will talk and you'll say, hey, I didn't, you know, nobody really liked it or three people saw it. And then you're getting a call randomly out of the blue and how important that is to be consistent in doing what you're doing. Yeah, it, it's, it's something I, I, I see a lot where people, they start doing social media and they kind of get discouraged, you know, like I'm not getting the feedback I, I'm get, I, I was hoping to get. And or I'm putting out content and no one's liking it or mm-hmm. whatever. And what you find out, and and I fall in that category too. I'm like, God, that post sucked. No one liked it. But what you find out is they're seeing it. You know, whether they read it, whether they watch your whole video, or or they, they press like or comment or anything, the impressions are getting made on these people in your sphere of influence. And so it's registering with them. Hey, Tim's hustling. Tim's trying. Oh, there's Tim again. There's Tim. You know, it's the repetition and consistency of it. Mm-hmm. And But the other thing you'll find out is a lot of people on social media, I call them lurkers. Um, <laughs> they are, like, consuming your content. Hide in the background. they won't raise their hand. They won't like it. They won't comment or nothing. Um, I went to a high school football game one time, and my wife teaches at a high school. And, you know, I know some people there at their school, whatever else. And But... As I was walking from the stands to go to the concession stand, I ran into like three or four different groups that I knew. And every group, like that was back when we did a, a football video. You've got to check out fun. that video if you haven't, folks. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it but, is a must. We, it's a must see. <laughs> <laughs> but we've just done that video and, you know, walking through there and, and different people stopping you saying, Hey, put on your shoulder pads and helmet and get out there and play, Tim. Or, you know, the next group saying something else about the video. Then I see someone else that tells me, hey, me and my buddy listened to your whole Skunk 8 podcast. You know, and I'm like, dude, you didn't even, why didn't you tell me? I didn't know you liked it that much. Like, yeah, it was great. But, like, these people don't let you know. The point of all this is, is they don't let you know. Um, yeah, that they're, know, they're, they're consuming, consuming content. It. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. You also, you forgot to mention Tim, Tim Dango. Dango. <laughs> there we go. Oh, I'm yeah. thinking the same thing. You forgot thing. to mention Tim Dango. <laughs> That's your favorite thing, bro. I, I love Tim, Tim Dango. Dango. Like, if you, hey, hey, before you go and watch a show or a movie, you need to check out Tim, Tim Dango, Dango for the review. Tim seen it yet. <laughs> Tim you know? Dango. I got one that needs to come up and with the Christmas Claus, too, because I just watched that. <laughs> That's awesome. Did the whole you did the whole Tim Dango on Game of Thrones. You did yeah. recently the Karate Kid series. Um, yeah, it was it was really good. But I'm, I have a serious question that I've got to ask you real quick. Since you brought up the football video, do you currently have cleats on? I knew you were gonna say that. No, I, no, I do not. Don't make me show you my shoes either. No, I do not. <laughs> Oh, Tim, listen, oh, you're, it's amazing. You're, you're always a good time. But uh, is there is there anything else like you wish we would have asked you? Or was there a critical piece to growing your business that maybe we've left out? You just want to make sure that anybody who's watching or listening would catch? Um, I would just probably, re- you guys covered a lot of stuff, but I would just reiterate to anyone that's new or that's looking to grow their business is, and I'm saying it because I feel like this year I kind of slacked on it some because of the year we had. Um, but to be service oriented to your clients, service oriented to your team, service oriented to your referral partners, how can I help you? How can I serve you? You know, you're the best at that, Brian. You know, uh, always you say it. Every, I always mess with you about it, but you always say, "I'm <laughs> always here, to, here serve. to serve." 
And when you come with that service mindset of let me help, let me help, let me help, it's not gimme, gimme, gimme. You know, you're not coming to these people. Hey, you got a buyer? You got a buyer? You got a buyer? Like, right. you're they're going to think of you when you're constantly there to try to help. And we try to do our best at it. And I'm not saying we're perfect at it. So I hope anyone watching this, it's like maybe a referral partner, like, well, you know, you didn't do that with me or whatever. Like, <laughs> it, it's we we try to do our absolute best we can at it, you know, in in the market we're in. But be service oriented. Well, I think you know, great one that like you know, we talk about mission and vision. Like that's kind of Tim's mission. I would say is to yep. be service oriented. He's intentional about creating systems, even though he's not a system guy. He created systems that people are executing for him, or alongside with him. And that's the intentional piece about, you know, business planning. I mean, dude, super proud to, yeah. to know you, bro, and to be in business with you. Um, and I will Thank say you. this, too. Like, what I love your about that service mentality, I think you do more to help a lot of our loan originators and within our sphere than probably 100%. anybody else yeah. I've met. And I appreciate that. Really? Yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, you're always available to, you know, to help uh, chime in or take somebody's call, which is amazing. So I, I give you a huge thank you for doing that. Great leadership. Oh, my pleasure, man. I love Van Dyke and the whole team. Cool. Love so, having you. Thank you. Yeah, well, let's close it out. Hey, uh, thanks again for tuning into this episode of the Context to Contracts podcast. Please go Google Tim Hart and YouTube Tim Hart. Subscribe to all of his stuff. Yeah. Then leave there. Subscribe to the Context and Contracts podcast on YouTube or on Spotify. Like us on Facebook. If you saw something that you liked today, feel free to like and share too. We appreciate you turning in. On behalf of John Jones, I'm Brian Lovell with Tim Hart. Always here to serve. Thank you, guys. Thanks.